0: Well what uh, I wanted to do kind of first off is kind of explain to you what we're doing here. This is about six months after the annual report and when you kind of look at just how the church calendar works, this is almost the beginning of the kickoff for really the ministry year, right? If you were to pick like one month where there's kind of a lull in our church, it's kind of July but then we kind of go great guns and so what we want to do is just kind of have a an evening kind of dedicated to just kind of letting you know what's going on, the different ministries of the church, and so I'm going to get up, and if you kind of look at the little prayer sheet that we have, we're going to go in kind of the the age of the, I don't know what you call them, the age of the the patrons, or whatever, so we're going to start off with children's ministry, then Nate will give an update on youth ministry, and then a lot of good things happening with college ministry. So Andy will do an update. Then John will do a an update on some of the adult ministries that we have going on. And then I'm gonna get back up again and, and kind of talk about the Oaks ministry. I'm an honorary Oak member, by the way. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out. And then we'll uh, kind of gather around and then we have all these prayer requests for a reason because what we wanna do is with the remainder of the time, Uh, kind of break up into some small groups and just really pray for these ministries, right? Uh, We understand that for these ministries to be fruitful, we need the work of the Lord and the Holy Spirit uh, in them. So that's the plan for tonight. And then after we're done praying, I'll close this off, and we're going to feast together because that's something we love doing. So I want to kind of draw your attention to just children's ministry. And uh, I think a few weeks ago, a lot of us kind of learned some different things about our state and about our county with the value them both amendment. And I thought it was going to be close. I did not know that it would be a blowout that would break the way that it did. And it was fascinating to see the numbers in Lyon County outpace the rest of the state of Kansas. And as I really kind of thought about it, uh, I thought about my early years here when I was a soccer coach, had a brief and unsuccessful career. I got the kids behaved. they just didn't know how to play soccer. But when the kids would come in, I would say, okay, there's eight kids on my team, so eight schedules, right? One per kid. Little did I know that I actually had to double that because there were grandparents involved. There are separate sets of parents involved. And I, and I remember talking to Julia her freshman year at high school. She was the only person in her friend group that came from an intact family. And I think it just kind of shows us just the state where a lot of the families are in Emporia, that many of these kids aren't really raised by intact families. Many of them um, learn their values in their life from social media, uh, various influences in the school district, and, and so on. And so naturally, they're gonna vote and you kind of look at the rising activism in our cultures really from the young. And it kind of shows you that how people are raised really matters. And so something that we have heavily invested in as a church is the children's ministry. Uh, It was a year ago that we dedicated the children's building, and that building gets used. It is teeming with life on Sunday morning. We have Portico, which is kind of a homeschooling co-op that we have. So once again, that building is just packed with kids on Monday. And then during the ladies' Bible study, we offer Uh, for a lot of the young mothers there. So once again, it is teeming with life. And then on Wednesday night, it's again teeming with life with the Adventure Club. In fact, I had Pamela gather some statistics and this is what we found out. Uh, For on Sunday morning, like all of our kids, this is not including guests, but all of our kids, when they're all here, we have 113 kids from birth to the sixth grade. 113 kids for... Uh, Wednesday night, we have 108 kids for our adventure club. And so I think that's just great. I mean, kids walk around like they own the place and they kind of (laughs) do. But we want them to feel like this is their church, right? Because if they love the bride of Christ, it's not a big step to love the bridegroom. And so we have a real stewardship and I think a real opportunity with our children and our children's ministry. And naturally, when you have that many kids you need a lot of people stepping up and volunteering to kind of help make all of those things happen. And that's why Adventure Club is just such a strategic ministry, because as our kids go out into the world, what we're doing is we're helping them memorize God's word, right? That helps destroy lofty speculations raised up against the Lord. It renews the mind. I mean, the understanding the word of God and having it hidden in their heart is like the The frontline defense that they're going to have before they go out into this world so that they can really be the next generation to carry the torch uh, in witnessing for Christ. So, three of the prayer requests that we have for Adventure Club, and, and this could extend to children's ministry, portico, you know, and some of the other needs that we have, is pray that the Lord provides volunteers. And again, you know, if you have a free Wednesday evening and you want to just kind of listen to little ones, recite God's word to you. We've got a great ministry for you. Secondly, pray that the Lord will bless the leader's time with the kids and help develop the next generation who will love and cherish God. Uh, One thing about our church is this is where their aunts and uncles are, right? People looking out for their souls, you know, taking an interest in them. And thirdly, uh, pray that the gospel will be shared with the children in Adventure Club and their parents. I mean, we do have some people from outside the church who are bringing in their kids. So Just some great opportunities. So, speaking of opportunities, Nate's going to come up and give us an update on the youth ministry.
1: Okay, so there's lots of exciting things to talk about in the youth ministry. Dave said I had five minutes, so I'm trying to keep it just to that and just talk about the highlights uh, I wanted just to give you guys an update of just some things that we're doing and things that we're looking forward to in this, in this coming year. Um, this summer was really um, a really neat time, I think, for, for the youth ministry, and really it was characterized by, by two major things this summer. Uh, one was, was a send camp, and we took probably 38, I think, students and seven staff to a send camp and uh which which was a pretty decent number, and we were um, I thought it was I thought it was a great camp. We were super blessed I, It was probably one of the best camps that I'd been to personally at a sin camp, and one of the things that 's really valuable about a sin camp is that it's just really good to get away with the students, away from the distractions of home and away from we take their phone um, they don't they're they're away, even some in some sense away from their families and their parents and their normal routines, and we're kind of able to see who they are a little bit, and they're able to kind of see who they are, and it's a it's a really sweet it's a really sweet time, and uh, that's why we value Ascend so much, and one of the things that we really uh, lean into at Ascend is we. We have uh, one-on-one conversations with every student that we take, and that's a, that's just such a sweet time of getting to know the students, of challenging them where they're at spiritually, uh, seeing what their what their needs are, what they're maybe they're struggling with, and we're able to help them and make a plan and moving forward with them in the coming year, and and so that's why we love Ascend Camp, and it was a it was a really good time. The theme was walking worthy. And from Colossians 1. And I, I couldn't think of a better theme than to challenge our students to know Christ and then to live their lives in a manner worthy of the gospel. And one of the major things that comes up often with youth, uh, especially in this day and age, is the area of sexual sin. And that's a, that's a major assault on our culture, our church culture. It's a major assault on the family, and it's a major insult on, assault on every individual Christian. And so the other thing that was really good about our summer is that we we had a purity conference. And it was something that Dave and I had been talking about for a long time. It was really fun to put together. And it was a one-night conference. And so often with sexual sin... um, People become ashamed. Students will want to pull away from their parents. They'll not. They'll want to pull away from youth leaders, and that that isolation just provides a fertile ground for more sin to happen in this this kind of snowball effect. And often, um, parents maybe sometimes parents don't don't understand the full extent of what is available out there for their students because it was different in the time they grew up in, or. Maybe it wasn't as big of an issue for them when they were younger and so they don't think about it or they're not sure how to handle it with their student anyway. And so we really wanted to create an opportunity to get this conversation started. And so often with sexual sin, it's a defensive thing. You find about something, and then you react to it. Well, we wanted to take an offensive step in battling sin. And so that's why we had this conference. It was a major offensive step, and to get the conversation started. So we had a one-night conference. Dave and Becky did a session with the parents. I did a session with the young men. Uh, and then Jessica Matinger did a session with the young ladies. It was a really, a really good time of teaching and fellowship. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to the fruit that that conference bears in the students' lives and in and, uh, and the parents and families as well. And that was our summer. So looking forward to this year, what we have going on is just to give you a, just a if you're wondering, just a, a brief recap of what it looks like. We have, we have three things that go on in our week. We have Sunday morning. Sunday school, we have Monday night Bible study, and we have Wednesday night youth group. And we average about 40 to 50 students on our Wednesday night. Uh, usually how a Wednesday night works is we have games, then a sing time, then a lesson, and then small groups. That's how it works. So if you're, if you're wanting to invite people and you're not sure what happens, that's usually the progression of things. That's, that's how it happens. And one of the things that we started last year, it, it was not my idea, but it was Joe and Heather and It's been a super beneficial thing for our youth group is our Monday night Bible study. And I can't, I, can't, um, I can't push that enough. It is so, so cool because one thing that's different about it is that the students aren't just coming and taking in a lesson. Um, they're not just hearing the Bible taught, but they're actually being taught to study the Bible for themselves. And they're also enjoying a good night of fellowship. It's not just a fun night. It's not just a night of free babysitting uh, for your teenagers or something like that. It is, it's a night where we're, we're being intentional with the students to teach the, them how to study the Bible for themselves. The students are actively partaking in the Bible study. Joe and Heather break them up into girls and guys, and they're getting them involved in the discussion. We have student leaders who partake in, in getting discussion going and also asking good discussion questions and leading the study themselves. And then our Wednesday nights, we're going to be going through the book of James still. That's, uh, that's, what, that's what I do on Wednesday nights. And I really am liking going through the book of James because not only is it theological, but it's also, he gets very practical with instruction of this is what the Christian life is. And so we're going to continue in our study in James. Another thing that we started last year that, just to put on your radar, is we, we started having what we called game nights. And we tried to have them on maybe Friday nights. And it's been really cool... Um, how it developed, it started just to have a night where we could use this area to have some game time and just to be able to stretch out our legs and be able to play handball and get rough and tumble with each other. And then it's, it's progressed into um, inviting friends from outside from their school and we'll have the students share their testimony. Usually have a guy and a girl or one of the staff members share their testimony. And so we try and have those every couple of months and so you can keep that in mind for your kids or for yourself or for your neighborhood, uh, students in your neighborhood, that we have these game nights, and we, we kind of have an evangelistic bend for that. So we're not just playing games and having fun, but we're also uh, sharing the gospel with these students. And so that's, that's a brief overview of what we have going on, and if, if that sounds like a lot, it is a lot, and there's a lot of things happening all at the same time. There's a lot of activities going on. And the reason why that's possible is not because I'm some amazing coordinator, but it's because I have very competent people who help me. And there's about seven, I'm trying to think, of, no, I've got about ten staff people. That's uh, Joe and Heather Brazel, Matt and Mariah Huber, Noah Peters, Daniel Morgan-Claussen, Rachel Phipps, Jessica Madinger. All those people are what is making this possible and so if you see them, uh, thank them, because they give a significant sacrifice of themselves each week to minister to these students because they really want to. And so that's, I'm just super excited for this year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what the Lord brings our way, and I'm just super thankful for the the staff that we have in ministering to these students. Just a quick prayer request, I would direct your attention to the prayer request. I won't go through them, because I've probably taken up my five minutes, but uh, you can go through them and and um, be thinking about that as you're praying for our students uh, at the end of the night and also for this week and um, one of the things that we really like to do I like to think about is we're not just preparing these kids for right now in school but we're also preparing them for what lies ahead and and really the next step is where a lot of really cool spiritual growth happens in the college years and so that's where my brother the the cooler the cooler Fips, gets to gets to participate in ministry. So I'll let him come up here and share with you what happens uh, in the college ministry.
2: Man, he gave me some pressure to be the cooler brother. I don't know about that, but (laughs) anyway, my name's Andy. so yeah, I'm really excited for this year and the, the college ministry and what the Lord's going to do this year on campus. Um, we have a lot of new students that are coming into church. I don't know if you guys saw those today. Um, so hopefully, and just it's a lot of fun as, as school starts with a lot of anticipation and excitement. Um, so I thought first to start off, I'd explain kind of what Zenos is a little bit and kind of what our goals are. Um, Zenos is a ministry that seeks to bring college students together to study and know God's word is truth. Um, and that's through our Xenos Connect every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And so just like the our church um, preaches and teaches the, the high view of God and His Word, um, we try to do that for the college students as well. And for for many college students, that's a kind of a rare thing. It's not something that they're used to or have come into contact with. And so it's a, it's a neat opportunity to get to show students that. Um, it provides a, an environment for students to grow spiritually. And so we have um, men's and women's Bible studies through the week that are student-led, and so we've we've kind of developed that into some student leadership through the last year. We kind of changed a few things and um, brought some new things to the table and had some students come and really step up to the plate and help us with that. Um, so it really provides a place where they can grow spiritually um, while they're by themselves here at college, away from their parents. Um, some kids are in a new, new state and doing, you know, on a new campus they've never been to or some kids are just down the road from their parents, too, and it provides them a little bit of, um, yeah, just a little bit of time to do it on their own. And so, also, it's a group that loves to have fun. Um, I've really noticed we've had a, our our group study this this summer. We had a, a book study. On, it was um, how to address, I'm going to say the, the name wrong. Say it again. Yeah, Ten Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. Um, so that was really good. It was able um, to provide a spot to to really address, you know, there's a lot of students that think, oh yeah, I'm doing good, you know, I'm not sleeping with my spouse or girlfriend or, you know, not spouse, girlfriend or boyfriend. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs>
0: Let's
2: get that straight. <laughs> so yeah, they, you know, they think they're doing a lot, a lot of good things, but it, it really addressed the hard the, the issue of sin and um, was able to show them kind of where they're at so it was a neat neat way to do that and our students really had a lot of fun we played volleyball and we would go to the park and hang out and do some activities afterwards and it, it seemed to be a pretty solid group that, that liked to enjoy hanging out together um, so we're really excited this year we're going to do a fall retreat um, it's kind of new um, i'm not sure if alvin did it before i was here he probably did something similar but last year we didn't do it but this year we're doing a fall retreat we're really excited we're going to go to a, a camp over by waverly um, we're going to be partnering with Redemption Hill and J.D. Summers, and Pastor Dave will be teaching. Um, it'll be on godly relationships, and so, yeah, we're really excited for that, kind of like Nate mentioned with Ascend. Um, when you get students away, and especially out in the wilderness, this is going to be a camping trip. It'll be pretty rustic, and so we're really excited just to get them out and, uh, yeah, develop relationships with them and dive into God's Word and to learn what a godly relationship is. Um, a lot of college kids don't know what that is and so we're really excited for that it's going to be a big push for us it's september or the weekend of september 23rd and 24th and so if you see any college students um, really encourage them to go to that because it's going to be a a big um, way to get students involved and connected to xenos and and for them to buy in i don't know what it does but if you spend the night with somebody overnight in a tent it just really seems to to, to bond a relationship and and be able to yeah, build something that'll last the rest of the year and the the coming years. Um, I wanted to take a minute to address some of our staff. This year, we're going to have Jason Engel. Um, He's going to teach Colossians every Thursday night for us, and so he'll be teaching this semester. Um, I'm really excited for him and his willingness to do that. I know he's Got a bunch of little kids too, and so it's a sacrifice for him that he's willing to make for ministry, and that's that's really cool because he's a lot better teacher than I am, and so I'm I'm really excited to have him come on and and dive into God's word and be able to expound it correctly. Um, I'm really excited for that. And then also we have um, so our volunteer staff is myself and my wife Miranda, Stephen, Pamela Standerwick, um, Joan, Leah Reiner, Tara Lears, Kate Urban. Lindsay Delaney and Emily Bohm will be helping us this year, too. And so we're really excited. We all have full-time jobs outside of ministry, and so um, it, it takes a lot of people to make um, the ministry of Zenos successful, and it just takes a lot of hands and um, a lot of people, discipling other students, to, to make it all work. And so I'm really excited for the people that have um, committed to that. Joe Foster also helps us with, with worship each week. He's going to come and play his guitar, and he does a great job leading worship. And then Russell Swanson will be our faculty advisor on campus, which will be super helpful. Um, and then this year, um, which last year, we had a partial <coughs> student leadership when I came into Zenos. Um, but this year we have a full team, which I'm really, really excited about. And so we've had students that are willing to step up and lead, and they all go to our church. And our faithful students that come to church every Sunday. And so that's a huge blessing. It's something that we really, really prayed for last semester, and we were really hoping God would bring those students to us, and he answered that prayer by bringing them to us. And so those students are Caden, Audrey, Melanie, Aiden, Amy, Andrew, and Leo. And so those are all the students that make up our leadership team, and they do an awesome job, and they are 100% in, and they're bought into Zenos. And they are, yeah, I'm I'm super excited for this year and what what the Lord's going to do through them. Um, Some things we got going on. So this first week is kind of the week that defines a lot of what the rest of the year is going to be, Um it's a big week for, we call it tabling, we go on campus and we have a table set up and tell people about Zenos and what um, Flannell's Bible Church is and what Zenos is and explain the ministry to people and students as they walk by and try to get them to stop for a couple seconds to, stop, to talk to them, and so this week we'll be tabling just about every day, there's a big block party downtown on Monday, um, we'll have a big tent set up and be handing stuff out and Um, Yeah, we're really excited, and then on Thursday will be our first week. We're going to have an ice cream social um, and play some games and get hopefully some students to come to that as well as as kind of an outreach to start the semester off. Um, Let's see if I can find my spot in the notes. And then we're also, um, two weeks from now, we're going to be tailgating. So that's that's a pretty, um, it's a great way to get in touch with students that we normally wouldn't get to talk to. Um, some of them inebriated and some of them not. It's it's still a good opportunity, nonetheless, to to talk to them and just tell them about Zenos, give them a free hot dog. Um, we found a lot of success from that last year, and so we're going to do that for the first game anyway, um, which is in two weeks on a Thursday. And then, of course, the inner bean. Um, We'd welcome any of you guys to come to the inner bean and have coffee. Um, the hours are Monday to Wednesday, five to ten o'clock, and then Thursday from five to seven. Um, so, yeah, that's a coffee house. If you guys are discipling anybody or have a meeting to do with somebody, it's a great spot to stop in and get some coffee or a smoothie. And um, it's very affordable and cheap. And so I'd, I'd encourage you guys to, to do that as well. Um, but yeah, some of the prayer requests I have, um, I put them on the sheet here. The Lord would bring us freshmen that desire to serve in ministry and continue to help grow Zenos through ESU and FHTC. Um, we really focus and try to get as many freshmen as possible because then we have them for a few more years in ministry before they either transfer to a different college or um, go into the workforce. And so it seems to be like last year we targeted some younger students, and they're here this year to help us continue to to do ministry with us. And so we're really praying that the Lord brings us that. Um, we found that a successful college student goes to church every Sunday, and so we're really praying that our students will go to go to church. Hopefully, FHBC but they're willing to serve and invest in the body of Christ. Um, that really seems to, their walk with Christ and being willing to serve in the church really seems to parallel in that. And so I'd, I'd really pray that our students do that every week. And then lastly, our our volunteer staff and student leadership, as we disciple students and share the gospel on and off campus, um, just pray God would soften their hearts. And so our discipleship ministry is probably forefront of, of Zeno's as we try to disciple students and help grow them up in their spiritual walk and so just as we do that there's things oftentimes that they're hard to they're sin sin in their life and so i, I just yeah i really pray for them to have softened hearts and and to be able to go closer to christ but that's all i have
3: Good evening. I get to uh, update you on our counseling ministry and discipleship here at Flint Hills Bible Church. And as far as uh, counseling goes, I want to talk about three things, kind of an update on our search for a pastor for discipleship and counseling, Uh, talk about what we're doing, training and equipping for biblical counseling, and then also just the state of what is counseling like at Flint Hills Bible Church right now. So those three things, and then talk about discipleship uh, secondly. So the uh, search for a pastor for discipleship and biblical counseling, we really don't have any current qualified candidates that we are uh, looking at. So uh, that's kind of the state of that. We continue to keep our lines in the water, keep our contacts uh, fresh, occasionally uh, reach out to them. Uh, Nate, Phipps, and I, along with our wives, will be going to the uh, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors Conference it's in Memphis in October. And that's where the all of them get together. So we we hope to make some, some contacts there. So we are not, I just want you to notice, we are not driven by a timeline. Like we don't have this date where we have to have a pastor for... Uh, discipleship and counseling. We're driven by what the Lord is directing us to do and so therefore uh, very comfortable and very much at peace where we're at right now. It's like this is uh, classic Proverbs 16 9 where a man plans his ways and the Lord directs his steps. So just wanted to to update you uh, on that and I did uh, I'm going to make available the ministry description for our pastor of discipleship and counseling, I think I'll put that on the uh, sign up sheet for our Bible study. It's got some copies of that. I thought some of you might be interested in, in looking at that. It's uh, a good description of what, we, what we're looking for. So, in the meantime, what about uh, counseling here and training and equipping? So, we continue to move equipping and counseling training forward. I know we've been, uh, we have a Sunday school class to that effect. We've been doing the Institute for Biblical Counseling Discipleship for several years. And we've recently uh, entered into a relationship with Low Country Biblical Counseling Center. I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. In, in uh, March, Maria and I had planned, we planned a trip to Charleston, South Carolina. And it was a kind of an anniversary trip and a place that I'd always wanted to see just for its history and go back to Barry's uh, native state. Anyway, we made plans, and in looking at the uh, possibility of going to a church, we'd like to go to another church uh, when we're out of town just to, to be in fellowship with God's people. We, we ran across Charleston Bible Church, looked at their staff. One of their staff pastors is a graduate of the Masters University and runs uh, a biblical counseling center in North Charleston, so I thought, well, this is going to be uh, a lot of fun. and with my wife's permission to do that kind of work on an anniversary trip um, she was all in on it had a couple of meetings with them and that went really well and in may uh, we entered into a mentorship relationship with them i would say their strengths they're 20 years in existence they have a lot of experience their strengths are mentoring churches in biblical counseling and growing a biblical counseling ministry in your church they are maybe one of the best that ACBC has in that respect. So we have uh, have a really good relationship with them. Their director is, is Tim Bryant. We have two opportunities a month to Zoom with him, two hours, one hour each time. And just to get counsel and wisdom and advice, we have 12 people from the church here that are formally in their counseling training. It would be at phase two, mostly, of the ACBC, so that's that's very good, and they're, they're just excellent at that, have a lot of experience. One of the things that uh, we've learned from them is lay a great foundation and do it slowly and do in your local body what you eventually want to do in your outreach to the community. So they have five qualities of a successful biblical counseling ministry. We've talked to their director about that, and those are Those are key values and principles that we're using as we as we work our way forward. So I just want you to know training and equipping continues and there's also people that are still continuing to do the IBCD and very thankful for that. So um, Low country, I think that's it on that if you guys want to go to the next next slide. They a little bit more in Low country, they've broken down counseling and discipleship in the church into three uh, levels, they would call it. So you have the encourager, and the coach, discipler, and lastly, the, the lead counselor. And I, I bring this up, and there's a lot more to say about that, but I, I don't intend to tonight. I bring this up because we all are supposed to be counseling, but not everybody's supposed to be this trained and fully equipped um, lead counselor. So I really like the, the encourager level, the coach level, discipler level, and then the lead counselor. And they have some training for each of those levels. And so just to that end, I've put together off of their website how to get certification with them at those three levels and also make a copy of that available back on the Bible study uh, table for anybody that's interested. So we're just really enjoying a relationship with them. There's some I guess comfort and confidence that we're working with some people that know what they're doing and, and how to do it and are, are, are really, you know, we're, we want to eventually be community outreach oriented with our counseling, but we want to do it in a way that will not harm the reputation of Christ to do it well and to to start in, in a good place with that. So it's going to take a little time, but but we're getting there. The Current state, we're doing biblical counseling in this church, happening all the time. A lot of it I don't know about. It's just happening organically and naturally, and that's the way it should be. Romans 15, 14 says that you're, Paul said, I'm confident you're filled with all knowledge. You're full of goodness, and you're able to counsel one another. And so that's happening. And the counseling center is is busy at times. I think Wednesday night, or Wednesday, there was three or four meetings there. And so it's getting used, and it's just, it's really a great great place. By the way, if you want to talk about anything biblical counseling or discipleship wise, I'm going to be keeping hours at the Counseling Center on Monday. So any of those uh, reasons you'd want to, want to talk with me, I'd be, be glad to do that. The second thing besides counseling, I want to talk about discipleship. And as you guys know, probably know most of you, the book of Matthew closes out with the uh, command to go and make disciples to to baptize them and then teach them everything that Jesus has commanded, to obey everything that Jesus commanded. So discipleship is, is what, what we're really all about. So you get past the baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is really bringing them to a place of salvation. And then it talks about discipling them in obeying everything that Jesus has commanded. And this happens in our Bible studies. Our core as a church is really, uh, besides our Sunday morning gathering, discipleship happens at our, at our many Bible studies. We have eight this year, and uh, this, is, this is just the heartbeat of our church, and really want to just point that out tonight. Second Peter 3.18, the last verse of Peter's second letter says, Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's a command to grow. And to grow means to increase or grow or abound and to expand. And that's really what happens during Bible studies. Your knowledge of Jesus Christ is enlarged. Your growth in grace and Christ's likeness is enlarged. And that really harkens back to Peter's opening chapter in 2 Peter, where he talks about adding to your faith, virtue, and virtue, knowledge. And he goes through eight qualities. And he says, uh, if, these, if these qualities are yours and are increasing or growing, there's that word abounding, they rendered you neither useless or unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So my encouragement tonight is just uh, grow. Be in one of, our, one of our eight Bible studies. They're listed on the slide here. And they're also on the prayer sheet that um, is being handed out, or you guys should have. I think, as one of the elders and one of the shepherds here, we view really this as a vital part of shepherding and pastoring and ministering to you all. So, I really encourage you to to sign up if you haven't. I I think there's a great sign up. It looks really good. But we just want to encourage you all to do that. I've I think through the years, if I hear somebody say, I just don't feel like I'm a part of the church, or I don't feel like I'm involved, I, the first thing I'll tell them is, are you in a Bible study? Or ask them, are you in a Bible study? And I can just basically guarantee you, if you will involve yourself in a Bible study, you will become a part of the rhythm and the ministry of the body of Christ. So I've got two commitments for you for this year. If you've signed up, and if you haven't, sign up, and then you can keep these two commitments. Commit to being at your Bible study, and not just for the first session, but commit to being there for every meeting that you possibly can, though there's times you won't be able to, and be clear at the Bible study, clear through to the end. Make a commitment to, to go through to the end of the year. Second commitment, commit to doing the study before you attend your Bible study. One hour a week, if you can commit to that, to do the study, if you do those two things, those two commitments, you will grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, that's really the most honorable and noteworthy pursuit that I could exhort you to, is just growing in his grace and in his knowledge. So... Love the the energy, the excitement, and just the hunger for Bible study in our church, and just want that to continue. So I think that's it for me, Dave, and you're up next.
0: Well, it's my privilege to talk about the Oaks Ministry. What is the Oaks Ministry? It stands for Older Adults Knowing the Savior. Now that has been kind of the fruit where we had some discussion, the Brookses kind of approached me and talked about it and just said, you know, if there's a real window of opportunity to kind of pull some senior saints together, have a daytime get together, not a nighttime one. And uh, I've gone on a number of occasions and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, they're just not, they're not just playing bingo, right? We want to just set aside that stereotype. They do more than bingo. Uh, they play other games. No, just kidding. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But there's a great, uh, every every time they get together, they always do something fun. And then they turn serious where one of them will just give their their testimonies. And I just kind of went to it and I thought, man, this is just such a great ministry. There's a great feel to it. There's a great energy to it. I would see new people come and, you know, our older saints just do a great job of kind of bringing them in and really helping them feel Included, so they've kind of made me an honorary member. Uh, Whenever they have food contests, I'm a judge. So it's kind of a win-win in those situations. So uh, they have some prayer requests that they kind of uh, listed here, like prayers for wisdom to reach seniors that might be at a stage where gathering like this is too much for them. Example: poor eyesight, can't hear. All of those make joining and challenging, but they are lonely and need fellowship. And uh, again, the heart of this group is to even bring in more, right? Anybody who just kind of needs a friend, needs that community, especially post-COVID, super important. Uh, Prayers for encouragement for seniors to attend. Uh, I think there's a large portion of our church population that are in denial about being seniors. (laughs) You know who you are. If you're 65, social if you're collecting social security or eligible, I'm just saying, right? We have many seniors who haven't attended yet. So prayers that the, to those who attend to reach out and invite others, and you know, the more that come, the more that you can kind of draw in people to the community. And prayers for wisdom for programs. Uh, we've had many share personal testimonies and a few lessons. So. Um, And again, this, I think, is another example of what we've been talking about this year. Remember the annual report, the special theme for this year is being a, not a redeemed community, but a redeeming community. And I just kind of sense a lot more energy on college campuses, in schools. We see masks every once in a while, but they're usually on the faces of surgeons or somebody else. But, you know, we've kind of moved beyond that. Uh, people aren't afraid of being in crowds anymore. We're seeing new people start to matriculate into churches again. And and life is kind of returning back to normal. And I think a lot of people have just really missed having friends and being part of a community. And so that's why I like the Oaks Ministry and Youth Group and all these other groups are just going to be a great opportunity for us to to kind of reach out, but also just being aware of the new people in the midst, right? We had a number of new college students here today. A number of parents brought their college students, and it was, just, it was just great to see them be welcomed, to be brought in, because the friends that they make and the community they choose will really determine the trajectory of their lives. And so my challenge to you guys, and you guys have done a great job of this, is every time we get together in a community, we're always a redeeming community. So we always have to look out for who needs a friend, who needs to be brought in, and how can we really challenge them to grow. But with all that is going on, um, no, we can't do this on our own, right? We need the Lord to assist us and to help us. So we have about 15 minutes left, and and this sheet here that we gave you, right, it's all one sheet on yours, but I would encourage you to keep this in your Bible and just kind of throughout this semester and this year just pull it out every once in a while and just think, you know, I'll pray for them. You know, on Thursdays, Thursdays is Zenos not, I'm going to pray for the college ministry, I'm going to pray for Oaks because we meet on Thursdays. You know, Wednesday, that's Adventure Club, and and you, so maybe I'll pray for them on Wednesdays. But try to get into a, kind of a weekly rhythm of let's really lift our ministries up to the Lord and just ask us. Yeah, you know, we're going to ask Him to make us a redeeming community and just give us opportunities to reach out. One of the passages that come to mind is uh, Colossians four two through four. Continue steadfastly. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. And so we're going to pray for open doors. So what we'll do is I'll pray real quickly and then gather in, you know, groups five or six and just kind of work your way through. Maybe we'll have this this group over here. You'll kind of start at the... uh, front of the list and work your way down and maybe this group over here you start at the bottom and work your way up because we may not be able to cover everything okay so let me pray and we'll get started well father we are just so thankful for this opportunity to come together and just to pray for the ministries of this church father we are thankful that uh, you have brought this community together that we all want to be redeemed and be redeeming give us opportunities to just declare your majesty to those who need it And Lord, we just pray for this time of prayer that you will just hear and respond to the utterances and supplications that we're making on behalf of all these ministries. In Christ's name, amen.